0: You're listening to Insights at the Edge. Today, my guest is Claude Poncelet, and this is part two of our conversation on the spiritual dimension of reality. Claude Poncelet is a physicist specializing in nuclear physics, astrophysics, and cosmology who taught at the university level. Claude is involved in many environmental initiatives and served as chief staff liaison on President Clinton's Council on Sustainable Development. He has taught shamanism in Europe and North America for more than 25 years, along with his wife, Noelle. What Sounds True, Claude has written a new book called The Shaman Within, a physicist's guide to the deeper dimensions of your life, the universe, and everything. In The Shaman Within... Claude invites the reader to discover the 21st century evolution of shamanic practice, one that will delight, empower, and open the eyes to new dimensions of our strange and marvelous universe. In this episode of Insights at the Edge, Claude and I spoke about bringing shamanic practice into one's professional life, and how organizations have a spirit and how we can journey to be informed by that spirit if we wish. We also talked about the spiritual dimension of the cosmos and a journey Claude took to the black hole at the center of our galaxy. Finally, we talked about impeccability in shamanic practice and Claude's view that impeccability is something to aspire to, not just in the shamanic journey, but in every aspect of our waking life. Here's my conversation, part two, on the spiritual dimension of reality with Claude Poncele. First of all, Claude, I'm just so happy to have this chance to record with you the promised part two of our conversation on The Shaman Within, So I'm glad that the stars... So I'm
1: really happy to be here with you, Tommy.
0: The stars have aligned, and we get to do this, so it's wonderful.
1: Hmm.
0: Now, the second half of your book, The Shaman Within, is about shamanism in the 21st century. And I'm curious to know, how do you feel shamanism as a path is inherently different now in the contemporary world than it was as it was practiced thousands of years ago, what's inherently different now, or what needs to be different now?
1: Yeah, uh, I think the 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 simple answer from my own experience is that what is inherently different are the practices uh, and all the paranephalia and 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 rituals that. Uh, accompany the practices. The fundamental principles are the same. They are unchanged. That is the uh, presence of the sacred in in everything in this world, that is the presence of spirits, the interconnectedness of everything, uh, and the ability for us human beings and this is I'm sure true for other species too but as far as we can the ability we have to connect with that spiritual dimension of of our world and to contact spirits to dialogue to cooperate with them learn uh, and help bring harmony between the sacred and the secular the material and the sacred. This is still the same as it has always been in Shamanic tradition. But the way uh this is done uh in in our modern world or tech among our technological world or, or built in environment or institutions or commerce or finances or institutions of learning and medicine and whatnot uh the practices need to be different, uh, and 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 the way we do these practices, uh, down to the simple matters, is the way we we dress, the way the the, the instruments we utilise, uh, have to be different. They have to be adapted to the modern technological world. One could say, if you wish, that. These elements, the practices, the rituals themselves, the uh, uh, dresses, the objects we have, this is the liturgy, if you wish, of the shamanic practice. It's always actually varied from culture to culture, and that's not the essence of shamanism. And this is this true for all spiritual traditions and all religions, the, the liturgy is not the essence. And here the essence is the same, but the liturgy needs to be different.
0: I'm curious to know what some of these new practices or new liturgies, if you will, are in our 21st century that have been particularly meaningful to you.
1: Uh, I think one, uh, one aspect which has been very meaningful to me uh, uh, and has been an exciting part of my learning in in searching for uh, adapting the shamanic practice to our modern world has been how how to practice shamanism, that is, how to work with spirits in my professional life. Uh, And I've taught at the university. I worked uh, on uh, environmental protection in large corporations. I worked at the federal level, uh, the state level with big government and so i I learned primarily from by with spirit guidance how do I practice uh uh Shamanism in my daily work in an office building in a big uh uh downtown skyscraper for example and in in conference room meeting meeting rooms uh uh working with technology working with policy. Uh, and and clearly uh you know d- 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 using a drum and 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 uh d- doing shamanic journeys and using you know traditional paraphernalia such as feathers or uh incense what which are all very important and are still important in some situations today was not at all appropriate those settings. And so I had to learn how to still work with spirits or still seek their uh, guidance uh, for greater harmony within uh, the work that I was doing. And many of these, and I describe some of those practices uh, in uh, in my book on the chapter on Shamanism, daily and professional life. And the practices have tended to be uh, fairly short fairly simple and fairly non-intrusive so that I could perform them uh, including the contact uh, with spirit while uh, meeting for example with, with executives or meeting with colleagues uh, or in other situations that way without uh, uh, that being uh, observed to something strange that I was doing. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and so these, these have been exciting ways and very powerful ways to still connect with spirit uh, and to bring spirit into the, in this case, the work environment.
0: Now, Claude, I'm wondering if you can be quite specific and introduce us to one or two of these practices that could be done in a professional situation. Yeah,
1: let, let me mention one such practice which I, I still practice fairly regularly, which I've called uh word doctoring, uh W O R D, uh <clears throat> and it uh, uh which I was taught by spirit and it's a practice that uh, I use in settings which could be meetings or situations or encounters with people, what not, uh whose purpose is to bring about uh, a greater harmony to the situation in light of the welfare of the whole. Uh, that's, kind of, that's, the, that's the purpose. And it, what it requires on my part is uh, I do a very short ritual, which takes about 30 seconds. I, I connect with the four elements of water, earth, earth, Uh, fire and air uh, and I ask spirits to give me a word a sacred word let me call it that that will have the power when it is expressed to bring about this harmony and uh, when I do that practice and I may be in the middle of a meeting and I can do that fairly quickly the words come to me very quickly it's a matter of really having a clear intention And then I would insert that word in whatever I would be saying to the group. Uh, And uh, and a couple important things here is that uh, uh, this is a matter of ethics. This is an offering, because I, I, I have no right to manipulate any situation without people's permission. But I can make an offering, and the word is an offering for whoever hears it their own spirits, if you wish, then they have the choice to cooperate and bring about more harmony. It's, it's, a, it's an offer for them. The other aspect which I've always enjoyed in this uh, practice is that the word spirits would give me very seldom at any relationship. Usually it never did any relationship to the situation at hand. So it would be sometimes very awkward and a challenge and fun, to tell you the truth, to insert it into a sentence without people noticing something strange. And I've been amazed, by the way, at the at uh, 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 the power of this practice. And again, you know, it's not my power, or I don't get any credit for you know any positive results. It's all the work of spirits. My responsibility is to do the practice. That's uh, no. that's where, if I get any credit, it's because I did remember to do the practice. But I did this practice, for example, when I served on uh, President Clinton's uh, Council on Sustainable Development, which was a presidential commission which met during the eight years of his presidency uh, under the leadership of uh, then-Vice President Al Gore. So these were... There were CEOs from corporations, heads of environmental groups, five cabinet secretaries, Vice President Gore. And I would use that practice during those meetings. And uh, some, the results sometimes have been just totally astounding. And, you know, and it's a way of, of again, practicing uh, you know, calling spirits for guidance, for help, calling for harmony between the sacred and the uh, secular. Uh, and so this is one example. Uh, uh, and there are others uh, which I describe actually in, uh, in my book.
0: Now let's pause for one moment here on this word doctoring practice. So just first yes. of all, I want to make sure I understand it. So you call in the four elements and you ask to be given a word, and you could be given any word. It could be tomato. could be anything. Correct. And then you say the word at some point in the midst of this high-level meeting of some kind, or at right. any meeting, and when you say the word, it is an invitation for a higher level of harmony to manifest in the meeting. What is the Correct. role that spirit might be playing, or spirits might be playing, when this word is uttered. How do you understand what's going on here?
1: My understanding is is that the 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 role of the spirits there is in in choosing and giving me that word. It comes from spirit, and in a way, you could say that they have endowed that word with a particular a particular power a power to bring forth harmony. Uh, it's a sacred word. It, it, by the way, resonated with me a great deal, and I liked the practice when I was taught it, because it called to mind what my uh, Celtic ancestors, my ancestors are, are, are Celtic ancestors in Europe, and, and the shamanic practice of my Celtic ancestors included Uh, 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 many practices using sacred sounds or sacred words or sacred songs. And these would be used for healing, they would be used for divination or other purposes. And there are still actually, as I researched that, some ancient spiritual tradition that would use uh, some sacred word in a healing situation, for example. And so this is, for me, this is where the spirits have come in. You know, they have given power to this word. And it is my role in cooperating with the spirits, because as I have said before, for me, shamanic practice is a cooperation with spirits. My role was to utter that word, uh, you know, in my normal uh, uh, conversation, uh, uh, and 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 that's where the cooperation came in. Does that answer your question on where spirits come in?
0: I'd like to hear more about the cooperation part so you're looking to have greater harmony among a group of people. You utter this word now what are the spirits doing to help this harmony come about?
1: Well you know the, the, the spirit first there is a uh, a spirit presence there. And this is, uh, you know, important. I've, I've In doing this practice, I have called upon spirits. I've called upon the spirits of the four dim- dimensions, earth, fire, water, air, to be there. Uh, you know, I uh, and I often, although this is not necessary for the practice, in, in, in going to a meeting, I usually would contact the spirit of the room uh, the spirit of the table where we're meeting, the spirit of the institution that uh, we represent, and I call upon these present spirits for their presence. So there is a presence of spirits, and 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 one needs to call upon spirits uh, uh, and ask them for help. This is the way my understanding. This is the way things work, and and have an intention. Uh, in 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 asking for the guidance or the help from spirits, which is where the cooperation comes in, and that comes from my own spirit, my own soul, which is in contact with the spirits, and so the 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 spirits are there in their you know in presence and uh, the 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 just their presence. I you know I this is just my guess or my intuition, but just their presence probably is uh uh initiating in some of the members there that are more open some uh in a contact with their own spiritual self you know i i can't verify that but i suspect that that that, that is happening and and one can feel and i know you've had that experience and i i've asked other people what can feel that a space has become more sacred, that there is something special about it. And I've actually Tommy, had uh so, you know, some always some very interesting uh uh occurrences following some of those uh, practices where uh, I've had uh, colleagues or people in attendance coming after a meeting and telling me uh you know claude, you know, I I don't know why I'm saying this, but it seems to me that that you know, you know, the meeting went so well that you did something. I don't understand, but it looked like you were doing something. No, can you tell me? No, were you doing anything, or can you tell me what you were doing? And uh, and when and and I think that's people's own inner. A divine self, which is something coming to the surface and, 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 and connected with that spirit essence. And, and, and so when people would ask, I would always tell them, said, yes, now if you're interested, I can tell you what, what I was doing. And people were always very interested. I actually had a uh, a boss who uh, uh, I loved a great deal. And, you know, I'd never told him what I was doing. And one and he said, uh, "Claude, uh, you're some kind of a wizard, aren't you?" <laughs> and you know, I was kind of taken aback, and I said, "Well." And before I could say any more thing, he said, "Claude, just keep wizarding." <laughs> mm. And so I think he had felt you now that something was was happening, was going on.
0: Now, Claude, I wasn't going to bring this up, but now I feel I have to, which is when you and your wife, Noelle, visited here at Sounds True before the publication of The Shaman Within, Mm -hmm. you came up into my office and I had the chance to briefly meet with you. And I noticed that the room was filled with light during that meeting and that the two of you were emitting quite a bit of light. And I remember thinking, God, this is weird. These people, I've never met them before and my eyes are all tearing up because there's so much light in the room. And I never thought to myself, I wonder if Claude's doing something. But now I need to know, were you doing something?
1: <laughs> well, you know, as I remember, I think what I was doing was what I normally do in, in such situations. And I uh, i had uh you know contacted the spirits of your office uh and 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 as I usually do when I do that, I honor and bless the spirit and and then ask that you know uh that our meeting has the most appropriate outcome you know for the greater well being of the whole, which is usually the way i I never ask for something personal I usually ask it that way uh I know I had contacted uh, the Spirit of Sounds True uh, and asked, you know, honored and blessed it, and asked for the same uh, purpose. I know Noel had done similar things. Uh, I had done some shape-shifting work to prepare myself to be, you know, in the most appropriate uh, state. Uh, and uh, uh and clearly, Time if I can say i mean the, you you came in very open to to spirits because the, you know whatever light you notice came was coming from spirits uh, it might have come from my own divine self to your own divine self and uh but that is in cooperation with all the other spirits uh because it's all connected and 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 uh so that's the best explanation I can give you.
0: That's helpful that's good now you you said something interesting. the spirit of sounds true the spirit of an organization, so do organizations any organization Starbucks whatever do organizations have spirits
1: oh yes they they certainly do you know organizations are a form they're they're uh, uh you know they they are a gathering of of human beings and other objects uh you know we often think even in shamanic communities that a, a drumming group a drumming circle has a spirit the spirit of the circle well it's the same for an institution uh the the uh, you know i would say that even you know institutions that uh many in 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 the uh ecological or even spiritual world tend to dislike like big oil corporations or you know, big mining corporations they all have a spiritual dimension there is all they, they there is a spirit to these institutions uh uh and you know i i, I filed my text with a uh uh i'd asked for an extension uh, because of my illness and you know i i worked with the spirit of the irs
0: oh my uh, you
1: now what what makes it difficult for us is to separate our judgments that come from our ego from the spiritual aspect of uh 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 of these institutions and yet uh i found it uh, extremely helpful to uh, work with the spirits of these uh, organization institutions. For example, the, you know, the spirits of the corporations I worked for, or the university I worked for, uh, has been very, very helpful for me in, in, my, in making my approach to my work much more harmonious and impeccable and then again it's not a matter of changing the organization it's a matter of changing me so that i can be as effective in the organization and then bring about change if change needs to be brought in uh the the, the it's it's the same as for you know all human beings uh members of the human species we all have a divine self a soul and it sometimes is difficult to accept that uh you know uh that major terrorists or or, or dictators or, or uh boys in history and currently had a soul, but they did you know their they, you know their ego took the way I understand their ego took over uh you know control of their life uh, and, and so that their spirit could not be manifested, and yet they do. And I think the contact with the spirit of organizations, particularly those organizations that we uh, have grudges again, it's very important that we make that connection. And I've always told my students, uh, when I told them, you know, they, they're very upset in an oil company, I say, well, let's turn it to the spirit of that oil company, the, the institution, and just honor and acknowledge it. That's it, nothing else. We just recognize, acknowledge it. And there's always a lot of resistance to that. Uh, Not only how could an organization like that have a spirit, and secondly, you know, why would we want to do that? And I tell them that the alternative is for us to send negative, hostile energy to that institution. We have a choice either we honor its spirit or we send negative, hostile energy. And uh, the second way of relating for me just adds up to the hostile negative energy that is in the world. So we're just contributing more to that. And so I think that's, that's a very important concept, which is not an easy one for us to accept.
0: No, I'm still contemplating contacting the spirit of the IRS. What was that like? How did you do that?
1: Well, you know, I, I, when I do that, uh, you know, uh, now I've, I can do that fairly quickly because of, I've, I've just practiced this a great deal. But, you, you know, I would encourage people, you know, just with the help of a drum or, or whatever or deep meditation to go and, and with the intention to call upon the spirit of the IRS and to show itself. And usually it will show itself in a certain form, which is, Part of the message itself uh as we enter the non the spiritual dimension and, and meet the spirit of that institution of the i r s in this case and then i uh, my advice is always first honor it bless it uh and uh and then what I usually do is is i i i do two things uh I do this when i found my talk I ask for guidance in you know Doing this in in the most appropriate way for the welfare of the whole, uh, and then I I ask the spirit because uh, you know t- filling out taxes is, is, you know is a is a difficult uh, and and sometimes uh, challenging and not very fun thing to do and all the numbers and a lot of uh, uh, paper to handle and whatnot. I ask that my uh, doing this, I ask the spirit of the IRS to use that energy to help a special cause. And in my case, I usually, uh, I'm thinking of children, and I usually say, you know, for children who are hungry or children without resources, you know, can my spending this energy, could you help spirit of the IRS that that energy helped, you know, those children in need. But there's there's a way of you know working again cooperating with the spirit for the greater good
0: and if you were journeying to a company like a mining company or another company that you felt was being destructive in the world environmentally what kind of message might you send in that case
1: well you know and I've you know I have done that again I would First acknowledge it and bless it and honor it uh, and i would I would ask uh, uh, for example, a typical thing I might ask is you know what uh guidance on my own uh, behavior and approach toward that company as I would be dealing with it for the greater Welfare of the whole, and uh, and I usually would approach it that way. So it would always be guidance for myself. Uh, and and what's important here, Tammy, to realize is that in in working with the spirit of an institution, uh, uh, for example, let's say a mining company that 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 we feel is destroying a uh, part of Mother Earth does not mean that we agree with what that company is doing or that uh, uh, it doesn't negate also any activism or any actions mm-hmm. that we would take in ordinary reality to try to change that situation. In my case, it's it's actually helped me to be even more active and and working in the ordinary reality to change things, but the Spirit would give me guidance on how to do that in the most appropriate way. And I've learned, for example, that if I, you know, if, if I do work <clears throat> to try to change the way a company is acting, and I come to that with a lot of judgment and hostility, I'm not gonna be very effective. And and so I you know the guidance I get you know leads me to uh, uh, <clears throat> a great deal of uh, more effectiveness in my you know activism if you wish uh, with a company like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've also learned, by the way, uh, from those periods. Uh, And this is what they they give me a a different perspective when I ask them for guidance. And that is to, you know, think about the people in that company. You know, am I judging, judging them all? Who am I to judge? Now, I can disagree with what they're doing and try to change their way of doing things. But the judging is a barrier to being effective. Mm-hmm. And so these are, you know, reminders. Of, you know that that I get from spirits when I work with them.
0: Mm-hmm. You're listening to Insights at the Edge, produced by Sounds True. Now, Claude, in talking about shamanism in the 21st century, in the second half of your book, The Shaman Within, there's a really interesting section on journeys to the spirits of the cosmos. And you talk about how here in this time of the Hubble telescope, when we know so much about the cosmos that we didn't necessarily know in the past, That it affords us new ways of relating to, and you go into quite some detail about journeying to black holes and quasars and pulsars and supernova. And I found this section of the book so thrilling. So I I really want to dig in a bit here and talk about this. Tell me a little bit how you started experimenting with journeying to these different cosmic bodies
1: you know, cosmology, you know, I'm a physicist, and cosmology has, has has been a passion of mine. And, and over the years, uh, I moved from, you know, away from, somewhat away from nuclear physics into astronomy and astrophysics and then into cosmology, uh, which is, I think, for me, the most exciting science. These days, because as you say, we know so much. And they, no, not a week goes by without a new discovery out there, with one of our telescopes either in space or on the Earth, and we're learning so much uh, and and learning that we know so little about the cosmos. And uh, and so I I had this passion as a physicist for knowing more about the cosmos and and. Clear me as a shamanic practitioner as a, you know I, you know I, I wanted to know more about the sp- spiritual aspect of the cosmos uh, and and, <clears throat> and so I you know and uh, here I'd know uh, outside teachers or ordinary reality teachers for this so I really had to depend on on spirits to guide me and to help me uh in in, in journeying and you know, then I started journeying to nearby uh uh objects in the solar system, uh you know, various planets and 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 comets and asteroids and whatnot and then, you know, went on uh outside, other stars and then the galaxy and uh, and then, further out in, into all the different objects, the quasars and the pulsars and the supernovas and the black holes, as you say and and this this has been a uh, a very wonderful and uh, experience for me one of great teaching and i I spend time in the book about this because i I am so convinced that this is an essential uh Aspect of of spiritual work these days, and that is to connect with the spiritual dimension of the cosmos. There's a number of reasons for that. The uh, on the one hand, uh, you know, and I talk a bit about that in the book, but for millenniums, for thousands of years, uh, probably since the evolution of the of the Homo sapiens, we have been very Earth centered. Until very recently, even in our uh cosmology, we felt this was about five hundred years ago that the earth was at the center of the universe uh, and uh, it's only very recently in the past uh you know two three generations that that we have totally uh uprooted that understanding uh and and realized that you know, we are a small speck of a planet around a very ordinary star among billions of stars in a galaxy, which is itself one among hundreds of billions of other galaxies, some with trillions of stars and lots of planets. And and so, it, you know, the perspective of where we are in this universe is bound to change human consciousness and our relationship to our planet and to one another. I think this cosmos-centeredness as opposed to Earth-centeredness has not yet been fully uh, uh, absorbed, I think, by by us humans. But it is coming. The science is, is getting to be more and more absorbed, taught, I see my grandchildren, for example, are much, much more aware of their place in this universe, and I, and I think that we need to as that happens to recognize also the 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 sacred or the spiritual dimension uh, of the cosmos, and there's various reasons for that. One I think as as we connect not only with you know, a a picture of a galaxy or or of a supernova from a telescope, but we connect with the spirit, the spiritual dimension of that supernova or of that galaxy, Uh, we deepen our own spiritual journey or spiritual path. It's a very powerful connection. Uh, I know I find, for example, the, the, the... the guidance from those spirits is very different from the one I get from spirits of nature on this earth. You know, there's something else that uh, it's, it's a different dimension out there. Another reason is that the uh, uh, for me and for those that that uh, I have had the privilege to teach, uh, it really connecting with spirits of the cosmos deepens our understanding of interconnectedness. Not only are we connected to to this nature on Earth and to everything else on Earth, we're really connected to the far reach of the cosmos. Uh, And of course, science has been telling us the same thing. We all come from the Big Uh, Bang. Most of the heavy... Uh, atoms that are needed for life have all come from this supernova that helped create our planet and and and, and everything that's on it. And so uh, this feeling of interconnectedness becomes so much more real. And thirdly, and this is maybe uh, uh, maybe the most important, is that uh, as we uh, uh, as a as a species go out with our technologies more and more into space as we are doing, the moon and Mars and maybe further out, it is so crucial that we not objectify space the way we have objectified the Earth and then destroy the Earth, use it for our own uh, needs, use the resource of the Earth Without any regard for its well-being, we, we totally objectified it, uh, and this is still going on a great deal. And uh, you know, and and indigenous cultures have always revered uh, had a reverence and 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 uh, for for the spirit of the earth, you know, Pachamama, Gaia, Mother Earth, and 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 that you know prevents us from. Destroying the mother. We need to have the same aspect towards space. We, we, and and I fear that now there's a great deal going on, even some of it in science, you know, that that objectifies the cosmos, you know, and 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 seeing it as just another way to exploit more resources for the benefit of just humans. And I think we need to be very careful about that. And by connecting with the sacred. Of space critical the cosmos uh, I think is, is is the only way we can uh, avoid you know this this over exploitation
0: I'm wondering, Claude, if you could help give me a feeling for what it's like to journey to one of these cosmic bodies you could pick another planet or a star or a supernova. take your choice, but tell me a little bit. From your experience what journeying to such a cosmic body is like
1: you know i, I can I can share and I and I uh, share some of these in some of these experience I share in, in 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 the book but I can share you know, one of the deepest experience as being uh, to journey uh, to the black hole at the center of our galaxy and you know i I journey a Often, to the spirit of our of our galaxy, uh, I have a great relationship it it's it's you know I feel her as a mother. I feel the galaxy is my home uh, and you know not not where I live here or not this planet, even or this solar system, but the galaxy is my home and i i I feel a great deal of love from the galaxy spirit, the black hole at the center of the galaxy. Uh, was a very special journey for me. And, and the first time I did that journey, I was uh, actually, uh, I was quite uh, almost terrorized, if you wish, because I didn't know. It was like plunging into the unknown. Didn't quite know what uh, what was happening. I remember telling uh, Noel here, you know, this is what I'm going to do. You know, please, uh, you know, Keep an eye on me make sure <laughs> I come happens. back <laughs> yes and uh uh and and so I you know as I explained these journeys are journeys in the middle world uh where one journeys uh actually back in time because when we are journeying in space time to the black hole uh and so I had to traverse you know leave the solar system and then go by many, many stars and go toward the center of the galaxy, which is, by the way, in the constellation Sagittarius.
0: Can you explain, Claude, this idea that you have to go backward in time? Explain that.
1: Yes. The the, uh, the light we see from uh, uh, cosmic objects, including that from the sun, Uh, when we see a star, we see stars around the black holes. They're moving very quickly. That's why we know... There's a black hole there. Uh, they travel at the speed of light, which is very fast. Uh, however, uh, the distances are very large, so that uh, you know the the <clears throat> our sun, for example, the light from the sun takes eight minutes to reach us. So that when we look quickly at the sun, we saw it. We see it as it was eight minutes ago. When we see a star that is, uh, you know, thirty thousand light years away, uh, uh, and a light year is the distance that light takes uh, a year to traverse, uh, we see the star as it was thirty thousand years ago. And you know, and and the, the 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 galaxy is hundreds of thousands of years light years wide. So when we go to the black hole, you know it. Forgot the exact number, but it's fifty or sixty thousand light years away. So we see it as it was sixty thousand years ago, if that's the right number. Uh, and so when I go to the black hole, as I see it, I'm going back in time as well as in space. Which, for physicists, uh, you know, in the theory of relativity of Einstein, is is quite common because we're talking about space-time and traveling in space-time. And so we, we go back in time uh, when we travel, when we go to a quasar that may be 12 billion light-years away, and we see it now in a telescope, for example, from the Hubble telescope, we see, it, we see the quasar as it was 12 billion years ago. So, when we travel to it, we travel back 12 billion years in time. Does that make some sense? It's kind of Uh, freaking
0: me out, but I think I'm following (laughs) you. Yeah.
1: You know, and so, uh, and that's what's exciting. You know, it's really bringing physics and cosmology and and shamanism together in in a very exciting way. Anyhow, when I do travel to the black hole, and it's always good to take your time to get there and I see what's around me. I see a lot of other stars and uh, solar systems and, and whatnot and get, uh, uh, get to the black hole. Uh, you know, in my first experience there, you, what you get is what's called the event horizon uh, uh, in physics which is the uh, you know, the, the last sphere that surrounds the black hole uh, which is where uh, gravity becomes infinite. So that once you uh, reach that, you know there is no return. You are sucked into the black hole. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna uh, have
0: to I'm gonna have to pause you there too. When gravity becomes infinite, I noticed that.
1: Yeah, and you know, and again, that that you that's 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 true at the uh, center of the black hole, where you get an infinite point uh you know infinite density and but but at the event horizon uh there is no return even light uh uh gets absorbed and 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 cannot escape which is why they're called black holes you know we see objects because light reflects from them or because they emit light but a black hole absorbs all light so and, and therefore there is no they're black that we do not see them we know they're there because, for example, in the middle of the galaxy, there are stars moving at incredible speed uh, in in a circular motion, and and we can calculate what kind of gravity uh, is necessary to bring uh, to make them move so fast. And, and you know, and that's where we know that oh, the only thing that could produce that gravitational force at that distance is a black hole. So we know there's a black hole there. Uh, and to answer your question, I, you know, it took a great deal of, uh you know, some call it courage, but it could be just also craziness on my part. But I I had all my spirits with me. I had prepared this. I had power objects with me. uh uh, you know I had my allies with me uh power animals and whatnot and and I entered the event horizon and went and entered the black hole and uh you know it, it's very difficult to describe the experience it's 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 i haven't had that kind of experience in any other journey, but it felt uh it it felt like a uh uh i was there was no more time i was in fully in the present moment i felt fully connected with everything uh but not in any sense of feeling connectedness i was just i was connectedness i was connected uh it was a sense of uh uh love and compassion which was so deep that I couldn't even put a name on it. I was just, you know, felt incredibly, uh, you know, this is where I want to be. And actually what I've learned, it's not that it's difficult to come, to exit a black hole and come back. It's difficult not to stay in a black hole because we want to stay there. (laughs) So when I teach this practice to students, I always have certain rituals that I I have them sign a piece of paper and whatnot where they promise to return <laughs> uh because uh you know it 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 feels you know this is where you want to be you don't want to go out uh it was a, a profound experience and I had a an intention the first time every time I do a journey like this I always have an intention again that's the for me, that's very important. That's the cooperation we have with spirits. And going into black hole, I remember you know, my first intention: is I want to learn something more about myself, and uh, that was my intention. And I had a great, you know, profound learning uh, while I was there.
0: What did you learn about yourself?
1: Now, which I can share, by the way, because I think I do share it in the book. But I, uh, that's very of the black hole talked about truth and love and told me these are the same thing Uh, the two words you use but it's the same thing and so that's been a great revelation and, and, and need for further work for me as I understood that deep truth or deep love was being one and the same thing and being in me something I needed to manifest Hmm. So that that's an example of you know of a very deep journey. A journey to sort of supernova supernovae is is quite different. Uh, you know, supernovae is one of the most violent uh, phenomena in the cosmos. It's a huge amount of energy being uh, you could call it an explosion, or a huge explosion, huge amount of energy. Uh, uh often resulting in the creation of a black hole and an, and a huge expanse of matter being ejected everywhere and <clears throat> i've learned a great deal by being in that uh uh i often in a supernova i will merge with the spirit of which means i become the supernova and experience that explosion and expansion and i've learned a great deal about violence and uh, you know, and 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 the difference between the cruel type of violence that we so often see today, unfortunately, all around the planet, and the you know natural organic violence that exists in nature, that has a very different purpose, and that we have within ourselves, which I understood is a is a source of creativity. Uh, when it is used in in for the purpose of of uh of creativity and 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 of transformation and you know the supernova uh uh the the all you no know, a star will not produce any element uh higher than iron in in the uh, table of elements uh because iron doesn't fuse into and so all the elements that are necessary for life, the higher metals and others that are essential, the magnesium and potassium and others, they're all created in this explosion of the supernova. And so the supernova, in a way, you know, helps has helped create life. And and so the, this explosion, if you will, this violence was necessary, as a source of our own life and the life of. Every other species, and uh, on this and other planets.
0: Now, Claude, I have kind of a weird question for you. But as you were talking, and you were talking about the galaxy being your home, I thought, well, why stop at the galaxy? Let's keep going. I mean, you know, the earth's my home, the galaxy's my home. Let's what about the system of galaxies of which our galaxy is you, you you
1: you you are totally right and you 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 hit me right there, Tami, <laughs> because I I you know, I love the galaxy and uh uh, uh and I'm realizing that I'm still being too parochial. And you you said it right. You know, the the my home is the universe, it's the cosmos, it's this immense cosmos. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I started by thinking, well, you know, my home is, you know, here on this piece of the earth, and then, oh, it's on this continent. And, and then I went as I grew older and became uh, more semantic and environmentally conscious. Said, no, I'm, my home is the whole earth. And then, as I went into cosmology, of course, realized I was limited. You know, my home is the solar system. Oh, it's much bigger. It's it's this galaxy. And as you say, absolutely, that is still very parochial. <laughs> you know, there are hundreds of thousands of other uh, billions of other galaxies. Hundreds of billions of other galaxies, and and uh, you know, that's all our home. My home. And of course, uh, you know, at the peak of cosmology, physicists now are talking about other universes, you know, what is called a multiverse, that our universe is one of, of a multitude of other universes. And that becomes very difficult for the mind to to hold. It's already difficult to hold our immense universe, as our home, but maybe it's even more than that. It's mind-boggling and exciting. Do you think it, it's possible? And no, it, it, possible, and and it no, and it, it it's possible, and it's I find it in myself and and others uh, that I've worked with who've had the same thing. It's it happens as a almost simple shift in in our consciousness. Oh yes, you know. Uh, this galaxy is my home. This universe is my home. And once you get there, we, and it becomes so obvious, and I think it becomes obvious because our soul or spirit has always known that our ego or mind, our personality, you know, likes to be much narrower. <laughs> and 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 but once we absorb that, and, and our mind fully absorbs it and accepts it it fundamentally changes our relationship to the Earth and to to other human beings, to other species, to the rest of the, you know, there's no way uh, uh, once you have that consciousness that you're going to hurt anything on the planet Earth. You know, it, it makes absolutely no sense to, to do that. You know, we're this little speck, sacred little speck among this immense sacred universe and and we have to take care of it. That's our job. That's our role.
0: Now, Claude, have you ever attempted a journey to the whole, the whole of creation, the whole, including everything, not all the galaxies? Yeah,
1: there's a journey uh, I've done and I've taught in in some advanced, very advanced workshops to the spirit of the cosmos, our own universe. And uh, it is quite quite a profound journey to do that. Uh, and uh, it, yes, it is. You know, it is totally possible. I mean, the whole spirit is sacred uh, and it has a spiritual dimension, has a spirit to it. It's a beautiful journey. uh you know, I my recommendation is, is that you know I I think it's it's good to go step by step, you know. And for people getting into this, I ask them, have you ever journeyed to spirit of of the Pachamama or of Gaia? You know, let's start with there, the spirit of the whole Earth. You know, and then go from there. Let's go to the spirit of the Sun, the spirit of the Moon, of all our solar system, and ultimately. Of our galaxy and and then move from there ultimately to the spirit of the cosmos uh, but it's a beautiful journey and and uh, uh you know and it 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 brings learnings that are very unique to uh the spiritual, spiritual dimension of the cosmos. You know it has taught the things about life and death and relationships and which which are you know a bit different and it's difficult to explain that, but it's a bit different than what I would learn from a tree or from uh, a water body here uh spirits of the earth again, there is no value judgment there; they're just different kinds of learnings. We should take advantage of
0: it. Hmm.
1: You know, we live in this cosmos.
0: Now, Claude, we're coming to the conclusion of the second part of our conversation related to your new book, The Shaman Within, A Physicist's Guide to the Deeper Dimensions of Your Life, the Universe, and Everything. And as a last question, I'd love to hear what you have to say about a word that you emphasize in The Shaman Within, impeccability and the importance of impeccability when it comes to our life and our shamanic practice.
1: Mm. Yes, uh, impeccability is uh, is a concept that both Noel, my wife, and I have uh, found central to our own shamanic practice and our own lives, and and our teaching, uh, and it you know impeccability is is a difficult word to describe, and I make a attempt of that in in the book. It is not excellence or perfection. Uh, it is really uh, more dealing with the intention of being impeccable that is in total harmony uh, with everything one has around. It, it is, for example, in the shamanic practice, uh, I find it is uh, extremely important to practice and learn about impeccability in doing a shamanic journey, in doing a ritual, in contacting spirits. And what that means is really... Uh, letting our own divine self, our own spirit, be fully uh, manifested with our ego, our parts, our minds, our imagination, all that at uh, the service of our own divine self, then that enters in contact with uh, the spiritual dimension of, of other beings or other things uh and this requires uh, a great deal of, of practice you know or, or minor ego or persona uh, uh uh i even call one of our ego parts a shamanic ego that is a, it's an ego part that that thinks it is spiritual and and but it is still part of the ego uh and 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 it is it takes a great deal of time to practice to really reach this purity of, of intention and of, of contact and collaboration with spirits. That I call it impeccability in the shamanic practice. I've also found for myself and then uh, in others that I could not practice impeccability in my shamanic uh, practice if I was not also practicing impeccability in my day-to-day ordinary life. Mm. in other words i could not separate these two if i wanted to be impeccable in my spiritual my shamanic practice i needed to be impeccable in my professional work in my family work in the way i lived every day in the way i drove my car in the way i related to people uh uh you know the 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 uh, and and i realized that too often i i would separate these two i would try to be once I did my shamanic practice to be very impeccable and then you know I would not be impeccable in a lot of my actions in my ordinary life and I said that you know we we need to uh, be impeccable those, which means for me for example that uh, even in, in my psychological self I need to be impeccable I cannot separate for example doing Psychological work on myself, doing mental work, physical work on myself, from my shamanic work, I needed to be impeccable in the way I treated my body. I needed to be impeccable in you know dealing with my mental health, dealing with my physical health, dealing with my uh, the way I use my mind uh, and so impeccability in ordinary reality for me is essential for impeccability in non-ordinary reality. And the opposite is true. Uh, and, you know, to be impeccable in ordinary reality, I needed to also learn how to be impeccable in non-ordinary reality. They're one and the same thing. And I I found that very important because I, I think that too often we tend to separate uh uh, you know the secular from from the from the sacred again, uh, and and I, I was raised in, in a in a religion a Christian religion and I, and I it struck me how you know uh, uh, you know during certain time uh, in the church and whatnot we needed to be very impeccable and religious but then back home back at work you know uh, it didn't really matter. <laughs> and there was a separation there and i and i still think that in our culture particularly in the western culture we tend to separate uh you know our spiritual life from our ordinary life and and for me you know one needs to be impeccable in both uh and that's been a you know a a, a strive for me uh you know, I, I, I often say is that, you know, I, I don't think one reaches impeccability ever. This is something that, that no, it's like democracy or sustainability. That's something you always go toward. uh because it's not perfection. There's always a way to do that better. And I hope that by the time I reach my uh the day of my death that I will be at a state of as much impeccability as I can. So I think that's a daily daily work for me.
0: I love what you're saying, Claude, about impeccability in non-ordinary and ordinary reality both. And I was thinking, how is it that Claude Poncelet is such a kind, present, attentive person every time I talk to him? And now I think I have the answer. I've been talking with Claude Poncelet, this is the second part of our conversation about his new book, The Shaman Within, a physicist's guide to the deeper dimensions of your life, the universe, and everything. Claude, thank you so much again. I always love talking with you.
1: Thank you, Tam, and it's been, it's been a joy and a pleasure to talk with you.
0: SoundsTrue.com. Many voices, one journey. Thanks for listening.